Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, we've been doing a series called The Wonder of Christmas, and today we're going to conclude by looking at the wonder of the birth of Jesus. And I know all of you who were here last night, we read the entire birth story of Jesus, how it all came about. Uh, And if you guys, there are some coloring sheets out there if the kids or if adults need help. Um, Michaela made some little puzzles for older kids. Amber made some packets for the younger kids. So those are out there. So if you need those, you can run out there on the middle table there. Uh, We'll try to keep it short this morning. I know everybody's hopped up on sugar. So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Also, if you have the Version Bible app, the notes are there. I'm going to show a quick video. Uh, Christian, it's on the desktop there for live stream as well. And then we'll look into the Word. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Where does the creator of the universe send his son? Where does the prince of peace make his entrance? A barn, a stable, a a manger of all places. Certainly no place fit for a king. But then again, This was no ordinary king. The savior is born in a stable. So there are animals and uh, animal stuff, manure, mud, a pitiful place for a human, much less the king of kings. So why, why would he do that? Because the shepherd was coming to care for his sheep, to make a way for his sheep. And and that's what shepherds do. They live where the sheep are, they eat where they eat, and they sleep where they sleep. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You ever thought about that sign? Sign for what? Maybe it is a sign that Jesus is accessible to everyone. Maybe it's a sign that the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can relate to a homeless person, that God will have nothing to do with the social status of mankind. Either way, it's a sign for all of us to go and do likewise. You see, later, Paul would write these words that you should have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, who being in the nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. He made himself nothing, becoming a servant, coming in human likeness. Creator who had been served since before the dawn of time, stepped out of heaven to become a servant. Who does that? The God 
Who's late in the manger? A messy feeding trough. Yeah. Why such a messy place? Because he came to save messy people. So, that first Christmas was dirty, grimy, filthy. <laughs> it was messy. But thank God it was. Because without it, what a mess we'd be in. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. Jesus came into our messy world to save messy people. And how many of you are messy? Right? We all have messes. And I want to really focus this morning on Luke chapter 2, verse 16. Luke chapter 2, verse 16. It says, They, the shepherds, hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. Listen to this. But Mary kept all these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their fox, flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. So guys, today I really want to really focus in on Jesus' birth, that he came from heaven to where? to earth, to a messy world, to get involved in messy people's lives because he loves us and he loves our mess. And so what's so amazing about that? Well, first that Jesus was born into a messy world. And think about this. Who were his very first visitors? Shepherds. Were shepherds clean, scrub, nicely dressed? No. His first visitors were messy people. So Jesus was born into a messy world, and his very first visitors were messy people. The Lord invited shepherds to be the first ones to hear the good news. He invited shepherds of all people, shepherds who were the lowest of the low class, the messiest of the messy. His very first visitors were the messiest people you could find. And this shows us that God loves everyday normal people, the people who are forgotten the people that no one else thinks about. So he stepped into a messy world, and his first visitors were messy people. And he identifies. He identifies with messy people. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says. So then, since we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he didn't sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. We'll find grace to help us when we need it most. So think about this, guys. The very first people to visit the Messiah were messy people. And Jesus identifies with those same messy people. I don't know about you guys, but man, there are times that I just feel so messy. Don't you? And I'm so thankful that Jesus identifies with my mess because, you know, I want to do good. I have all these great things I want to do, but then what do we do? So often we do the opposite, don't we? I'm going to make great choices this week. I'm going to be on top of it. I'm going to do this, and then I struggle. I've got my temper under control, and then I snap at somebody, right? I've got, I've got these temptations under control, and then we give in. 
I've got pride under control and then I don't. Or I have gossip under control and then I don't. We're messy people, guys. We mess up. And Jesus came because he identifies with us. There's a guy named Mike Iaconelli. He was like the youth ministry guru back in the 90s. He, he wrote books. He did conferences. He's an amazing guy. Um, still around. But he wrote a book back in the 90s called Messy Spirituality. And it's such a great book. But listen to this line from Messy Spirituality. He says, Jesus wants people just like you and me to get close to him. Jesus loves people just like you who live in a city, have a wife or a husband, three kids, two cats, a washing machine that stopped working. Jesus loves people who are single, who work 60 to 70 hours a week and have parents who wonder why they're not married. And they have friends who make a lot more money than we do. Jesus loves people who are divorced, still trying to heal from the scars of rejection, trying to cope with single parenting of children who don't understand why this happened to them. Jesus wants all of us who don't necessarily live life in a monastery who don't have it all together and probably never will to feel welcome in his presence. He welcomes you in the midst of your messy life. Guys, Jesus came to a messy world because he identifies with us. He wants you to know that you can come to him in the midst of all your messes. He wants us to know we can come to him no matter whether we have it all cleaned up or not. And I don't know about you guys, but so many times I invite people to come to church and what do they say? Uh, I don't belong there. I'm not good enough. I don't have my life all together. And I say, perfect. That's where you need to be. Because <laughs> none of us do. None of us have it all together. And so Christmas makes this statement so loud and clear. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people wouldn't be willing to die for an upright person, even though someone might be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. At just the right time, Jesus came and died for us. Died for you in the midst of your messes. Died for me in the midst of my messes. And so when I feel so frustrated with myself because I don't have it all together, he still died for me. When you get frustrated because you're fighting the same battle you've been fighting for 20 years, he's with you in that. Don't give up. If you're anything else today, Christmas is a loud and clear message that Jesus loves us right where we are. So don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. He pursues messy people. That's another thing Christmas shows us. Jesus pursues messy people. I was so hard-headed before I came to Jesus. He chased me for years. <laughs> How about you? He pursues us. He pursues all of us messy people. He came to earth to show us that he pursues us in our mess. And he tells a whole parable about this in Matthew chapter 18. In verse 12, he said, If a man had a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go out to search for the one that's lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice more over that one than over the 99 that hadn't wandered away. There's this great story in uh, Luke 19 about a little guy named Zacchaeus. Uh, as soon as I say it, you guys are singing the song, aren't you? <laughs> the wee little man Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a little tax collector. Who liked tax collectors? Nobody. <laughs> Even in the Gospels, it says Jesus hung out with Tax collectors and other notorious sinners. I mean, they had their own category of sinner. That's how bad they were. Zacchaeus was one of those. Zacchaeus was the lowest of the low. 
That's a joke because he was short. He was the lowest. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get one in there. So I said he was a little guy, but he couldn't see over the crowds because everywhere Jesus went, there were crowds. So this little tax collector climbed up in a tree so he could see Jesus. And Jesus comes over and he stops in the midst of this huge crowd. And who were in the crowd? There are all kinds of people, right? There were great people, people who had their lives together, people who had been following the Lord since a young age. There were probably other tax collectors in the crowd who were curious. They were probably prostitutes, and there were all these different people. And Jesus singles out this little tax collector that nobody liked because he cheated them out of their money. Because tax collectors would collect your tax, but then they would add on a, a service fee for themselves. And they would get rich off other people. And Jesus singles out this little short tax collector and says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to come to your house for dinner. And everybody went, Does Jesus know who this guy is? Does Jesus know what this guy does? Does he know he's a short tax collector? People don't like tall tax collectors. They really don't like short tax collectors. And listen to what Jesus said. The Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus pursues messy people, guys. He pursues us in our mess. He chased us until he found us. And some of you have been found for years. Some of you have maybe have never made a commitment to Jesus yet, but he's still chasing you. But I want you to know, Jesus pursues us in our messes. He came into this messy world at Christmas to show that he loves you, to show that he loves me. So he came into this messy world, but he also, Jesus changes this messy world. I love it, guys, that Jesus doesn't leave us in our mess, Right? He fixes it. He changes this messy world. Jesus came to this messy world with a mission. Jesus came into this messy world on a mission. What was his mission? To seek and save those who were lost, right? He came into this messy world on a mission. So he was on a rescue mission. He said he came to seek and save the lost, and he'd be willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Now, Jesus didn't stay a baby. I know there's a movie where a guy said, I like to pray to baby Jesus, you know. But he's not a baby anymore. He became a man. And guys, even through his humanity, guess what? He never sinned. But he was what? Tempted. Remember what we read in Hebrews? That he was tempted just like we were. So guys, Jesus came on a mission to come into our lives, and he knows exactly how you feel. Jesus suffered temptation. He went through it all. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tempted. Jesus was tempted with pride. He was tempted with power. He was tempted with money. Everything we go through. And he came into this earth and he went through all of that to save us. He came on a mission. He came into our messy lives with a mission because he was willing to die for our sins. He was willing to die for us. In Romans chapter 10, Paul says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. You'll be changed. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. Jesus made it possible for our messy lives to be changed. And guys, I love that he doesn't leave us in it. I love that he doesn't leave us how we are. I don't know about you guys, but I'm thankful because, man, I was a mess. I'm still messy. <laughs> I was a big mess. I had problems. I still have problems. But Jesus didn't leave me there. He changed me. And, and guys, that's the greatest Christmas gift ever, that he came into this world so that you can have eternal life, so I can have eternal life. And he walks with us in these new lives. He doesn't just leave us there. One of the very last things Jesus said on earth 
was that we're supposed to go and make disciples and teach them to obey all the commands. But listen to the, what he says. One of the very last things he tells the disciples, he says, be sure of this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So guys, Jesus came to this messy world to get involved in our messy lives, to save us from our mess. But then he expects us to do the same for others. So guys, this Christmas season, Jesus is asking you and me to get involved with other people's messy lives. Not to get involved in their drama, but to do what? To share hope. To share this hope that we have. Because people are messy. People are messy, 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 messy. We all have friends that are in constant states of drama, right? We all know those people, just everything, all the time. And then you don't have to get in the middle of it, but you need to offer hope. I'm so thankful that when I was a little hoodlum, I had a grandparents that prayed for me a lot, (laughs) a lot. I had other people in my life that cared enough to tell me, hey, you're being a bonehead. You need to stop. You know, and I needed to hear that. And they were willing to get involved in my messy life. When I first became a Christian, I had no clue what I was supposed to be doing. And I had a friend. He's actually a a missionary now. But his parents took me in and showed me what a Christian marriage looked like. And they took me on vacation with them. Talk about messy. They took me all the way to Florida on vacation with them to kind of show me. They let me stay in their condo. And I had never witnessed this before. But they would get together and pray every day as a family. I was like, wow, that is amazing. And I said, when I have a family, we're going to do that. Because I like that. They got involved in my messy life to show me what it looked like to live a Christian life. And guys, that's what Jesus is asking you to do. To take that hope that you've been given and share that with others. So for some people, I was going to say just a coworker. It's just going to be talking to him, listening to him. Some of you, it might mean you have a friend that you need to get involved with and say, look, I see things in your life and I know how this is going to end and it's not going to be good. I want to help you out of this. So we're supposed to take this hope that we've been given and share it with others. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning.